Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today, we're talking with multi-award-winning freelance photographer Yasmin Mund about her second-ever photographic exhibition, Concrete Jungle. Listen on and you'll learn what's fact and fiction about the historical and infamous Glenview Court. You're listening to Coogee Voice. I kind of took it upon myself to try and document the experience of living in the building before it um, obviously went under development. So that's kind of how the project came to light. So I, I think that, yeah, that, you know, the value of being able to go out and see art and experience art and experience live performances is something that we need and um, is something that is, I guess, really yet to come back after the pandemic. I work in my freelance work in hospitality and tourism. So that's anything from restaurants um, with new menu, food photography, um, lifestyle portraiture of, um, say, the chefs, hotels as well. I've got a number of hotels that are great clients of mine. Yasmin, welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today? I'm really well, Marjorie. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Now, because this podcast focuses on all things eastern suburbs, first things first, what is it that brought you to the eastern suburbs? It's actually a bit of a great story. I was brought to the eastern suburbs against my will, I like to say. Um, I grew up in Sydney um, and sort of through my uni days, I was living in the inner west and my cousin surfs and um, we decided we were going to move out together. And she was like, come on, move to Bondi. And I was like, mm, not really sure about that. But it all happened. We moved in together in Bondi and I, within a couple of months, fell in love. Can't live anywhere else. It's basically been 11 years. <laughs> so before we get into your most current exhibition, tell us a little bit about your art and your photography and where you're at. Yeah, sure. So I've been a freelance photographer for five years now. Previous to that, I did a lot of traveling and I previous to that worked at a studio. That's kind of where I cut my teeth um, as a photographer. In the industry, I think it's changed a lot. There's not not that many studios around anymore. Um, The studio I work for is now shut down. So yeah, it's sort of been, um, I took a break after the studio and traveled and that's sort of where I really found my inspiration, I think, for photography properly. And yeah, coming back to Australia, I decided to give freelance a hot crack. Yeah. And obviously building up a business from scratch is always a hard thing. doesn't matter what industry you're in, but yeah, it's, I'm very proud to say after five years, it's um, yeah, going from strength to strength and um, it's a really great thing to be able to operate a successful business in Sydney um, as a, as a one girl gang. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at and um, I work in my freelance work in hospitality and tourism. So that's anything from restaurants um, with new menu, food photography, um, lifestyle portraiture of um, say the chefs, hotels as well. I've got a number of hotels that are great clients of mine. Around Sydney, yeah, they sort of vary from say local hotspots in Bondi like Hotel Ravisi's through to um, much bigger clients like um, Sydney Opera House and um, Intercontinental Double Bay and that sort of thing. So yeah. 
humble much. You're actually a multi-award winning freelance photographer. Um, and But you've had your second ever photographic exhibition at Tamarama Surf Club earlier yes. this year called Concrete Jungle. And it explores and documents the experiences of residents living in the iconic Glenview Court. Tell us about this exhibition. Yeah, so this exhibition is very dear to my heart. Um, the idea came about because of my lived experience. I was a resident at Glenview Court for three years prior to the development. So the building is currently under development. And um, during that time of the three years, we initially, when my partner and I moved in, we were told we had six months. That six months rolled on and on and on. Much like the building itself, it, it has been pending development for 10 years. So that's a much bigger story. But during that three years, I just sort of said to myself, people that live in this building. It was such an interesting experience because our rent was really cheap, really affordable. And yet you're staring at this million dollar view every day, waking up to the birds and the sunrise. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I did a lot of traveling and in my travel, I sort of really enjoyed documentary photography. So it's kind of formed a big part of my um, personal work. So kind of took it upon myself to try and document the experience of living in the building before it um, obviously went under development. So that's kind of how the project came to light. And I just, yeah, had to door knock and um, put flyers out in the foyer and basically recruit um, the other residents to be part of the project. So the project basically looks across 22 apartments interviews the residents and obviously photographs the apartments and the residents in their homes um, before the eviction. So everyone was evicted in August in 2019. Yeah, it's it's obviously been a while in the making, um, obviously a pandemic in the mix. So it was due to be exhibited in 2020, but we all know why that didn't happen. So yeah, it's been amazing to finally kind of put it out to the world and um, we're better than the Tamarama Surf Club right down at the beach looking back up <laughs> at the beast itself. So, yeah, it was um, extremely successful. The response from the community was overwhelming. Glenview Court was known as one of Sydney's ugliest buildings. It is currently undergoing a redevelopment, a huge redevelopment. Why is it important to capture these stories as well as the story of the building? I think it's extremely important to think about these things before they change. I think maybe generally in Sydney, there's a little lack of reflection before things are developed and become shiny and new. And it's very easy to forget, you know, what was. Also living there, you know, the people that were living there were retirees through to, you know, your backpacking travellers. And I knew that that was all going to change a lot um, with rents estimated to you know, go up 75% and that sort of thing. So it wasn't going to be as accessible. And I really wanted to be able to, I guess, even just get to know my neighbours better and find out what their story was, how how they got there and where they're going as well, because we all were faced with this um, sort of move date where we had to find a new new home. So, yeah, I, I think that it's important for our history and especially that building, you know, being built in the 60s and finished in the 70s. So much has happened. There's so much history to, to be remembered before its first ever facelift, I guess. 
The building, I think, is very much a story and a symbol of the gentrification as well of the eastern suburbs. For people that aren't necessarily familiar with the deep history of the eastern suburbs, it wasn't that long ago that the eastern suburbs was actually one of the poorest, most working class parts of Sydney. Yeah, it's really yeah. only in modern history that it's become one of the most expensive and unaffordable mm. places to live. You've touched a little bit on COVID. How has COVID impacted you and other artist friends that you have? Greatly. Um, I think that the artist community has been impacted a lot, obviously, um, with restriction on how we can engage in art. Um, being confined to our homes means that, yeah, it's the opportunities have just been very, very diminished. Um, I mean, personally, my exhibition was put on hold, you know, yeah, I mean, I also um, feel very lucky in that my, my, you know, everyday freelance business bounced back quite well after, um, after the lockdowns here in Sydney. And I think we are lucky for that. Obviously, places like Melbourne have suffered a lot more. And, you know, especially because a lot of my clients are hospitality and tourism, which we know were really highly impacted. So, yeah, I... Um, I think that, you know, even the music industry, I think live events have been very much um, impacted probably more than hospitality because we've been able to go back to restaurants or the restaurants have been able to do the takeaway. You can't really take away a music performance, you know, or an exhibition. So, yeah, it's, you know, and, and there, there were um, people that, that tried to sort of innovate a little bit. Um, I was... Well, the project Concrete Jungle was selected to be a featured um, exhibition at Head On Photo Festival last year in 2020, and that was due to be exhibited in the flesh in 2020. But that obviously um, was, they did an amazing job at the last minute to turn that to an online um, festival. So a preview was exhibited then um, as an online festival. But yeah, for me and for the project's sake, it wasn't really enough as you saw at the exhibition, Marjorie, there's about over 200 images there and you're just not going to get that on a screen. <laughs> so I, I think that, yeah, that, you know, the value of being able to go out and see art and experience art and experience live performances is something that we need and um, is something that is, I guess, really yet to come back after the pandemic. Glenview Court is a pretty iconic building and there are some eastern suburbs, urban myths, so to say, <laughs> that exist around the building and the types of characters that live there. What are some of the most interesting stories that have come out from your interviews? Oh, so many, so many juicy stories. <laughs> if only we had enough time to talk to, for me to share all of them. Um, okay, off the top of my head, definitely the parties, the stories of the parties, especially in its early life, um, you know, being kind of just little concrete boxes, really jumping from apartment to apartment and, and hearing the stories about that was, is, was pretty good. And actually during the exhibition, I had a lady travel from Manly to come and see the exhibition to show me some photos of when she used to live there in the seventies and these photos of these like mad parties. And it, to be honest, it looked exactly the same as some of the apartments that I photographed, which was amazing. But yeah, some other stories. Um, uh, I remember Simon, who was a resident, who um, is an owner in the building, told me that one day he came home and the palm tree was on fire. 
like the huge palm tree that's right up against the building was in flames. And he joked that no one had done anything about it because they were too busy enjoying the view at the front of the building. (laughs) And he said that, you know, obviously fireys came and put it all out. Um, But apparently it happens every 10 years because someone's smoking a cigarette up on the top level and then flicks their cigarette butt and it lands perfectly in the middle of the palm tree and it just ignites itself. Yeah, another really good story was um, from Kevin, one of the residents who told me that one day he got a call from his neighbour who explained quite an interesting situation to him that uh, his neighbour had left a key out for a film crew to come and scout the apartment to use it for a film and that accidentally the film crew had gone to the wrong flower pot as in his next door neighbour found the key that Kev had left out for his cleaner and (laughs) just helped himself to Kevin's apartment while he was out and decided that that was the apartment that he wanted to film in And um, so his neighbour had to explain to him, I'm so sorry, but, you know, someone's just been in your house. So anyway, so the film crew gets in touch with Kev and they, you know, tell him about the film, that, you know, it's going to be a day and they'll give you 800 bucks or whatever it was and gave him the date. And Kev was like, sorry, that's my, that's my birthday. Sorry, we can't, we can't do it on that date. And they were like, please, please, please. It's the perfect apartment. You know, we'll clean up. We'll do whatever you need. What are your birthday plans? And Kev was like, look, we're going to be partying. It's going to be a mess. I'm sorry. Like you can't. And they're like, we'll clean up. You don't worry about it. You just get yourself out of there at eight in the morning. So Kev tells the story that, you know, well, they partied pretty hard that night. The police came a couple of times And apparently on the third time that the police came threatening with a fine, Kevin, his crew, assimilated to their neighbor's apartment to watch the sunrise. And when the police came back, they walked in to issue this fine and they saw this film crew in there filming, you know, and everyone being like, shh, with the clapstick. (laughs) And and, um, they got away with the noise complaint and got their apartment cleaned and got paid, you know, for, for their trouble. So yeah, lo- lots of stories like that. Yeah. I, oh, I feel like I could go on and on, but yeah, it's so, so much history in the building. Um, people that, you know, I interviewed even like the resident Sam, he'd been there for 30 years. He bought 30 years ago. And when, when I asked him, oh, what stories do you have, you know, from your time at Glenview Court? He goes, oh, it's been pretty smooth sailing. <laughs> and you just kind of think living in this building for 30 years has not been smooth sailing, like in any sense of the word. But, yeah, all all perspectives, all experiences and, um, yeah, just, just some really, really, really great stories. Is it true? Was there a heroin den there? Look, I, I can't confirm either way, but I've definitely heard – many stories of many parties and many, many drug, you know, situations. Actually, another story. My partner was walking, um, one day walking up to the shops and um, he got stopped by, and this is how he describes it, two men wearing cargo shorts sitting in a Ford Mondeo right outside the building. Hey, excuse me, mate, what are you up to today? Martin's like, I'm just going to the shops. He's like, 
And then apparently he, the guys go, uh, is there anywhere where we can score drugs? Martin's like, I know your cops. <laughs> and they're like, what? How do you, what? You know, and, and, and like Andy said, he's like, no one in cargo shorts, big bulky, two big bulky guys sitting in a Ford Mondeo are going to be asking for drugs outside this building. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're cops, but we're just, you know, do you know anyone of selling drugs who's selling drugs in the building? So there's definitely that reputation there. Yeah. And I, you know, we, we had a few dodgy neighbors over the years that I definitely thought there was, you know, some suspicious activity, but, um, yeah, as, as for heroin, that probably would have been back in the day and who knows, (laughs) it's likely. So what's next for Yasmin and how do we stay up to date with this? Yeah, gosh, it's a good question. I keep asking myself, well, what's next? Um, no, I I feel like I'm very fortunate to have always a million ideas in the bank. So there's definitely um, more uh, documentary projects to come. So um, definitely watch this space. I, um, aside from my personal work, I definitely am um, still operating my freelance business um, as per usual. So yeah, um, you can catch up to date with me um, through my website on my newsletter and um, on Instagram is probably a good way too. Yasmin, before we let you go, there are three very tough questions we ask all of our guests that come onto the Coogee Voice. You must declare the best beach in the eastern suburbs, the best place to get coffee and where sells the best burgers. Go. Oh, God. I do have to be biased and say Tamarama Beach really is my favorite, probably because I got to stare at it for three years straight every morning. Best coffee. I'm going to go with, is it still called Selena's down at Bronte Beach? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Selena's, burgers. Oh God, burgers. Oh, out of the blue. They're probably the answers every time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely out of the blue. (laughs) They're very popular choices. Now, Yasmin, if people would like to learn more about your award-winning photography, where should they head to? Um, You can head to my website, so yasminmund.com, and Instagram is at yasmin underscore mund, which is M-U-N-D. Yasmin, thanks for joining us on Coogee Voice. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. What a revealing conversation. Now, Yasmin's work is set to be on exhibition at Waverley Library, so stay tuned. You're listening to Coogee Voice. Mm-hmm.